1: So in order to really get through that cycle of adoption and looking at how we're going to change things, which by the way, I do believe we are changing and evolving. It just goes at the healthcare speed. And unfortunately that doesn't always trend with Wall Street's speed (laughs) to return. So you need to have that backing and that larger conglomerate in order to really make some meaningful change. It's Newsday,
0: my name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Special thanks to CrowdStrike, Proofpoint, ClearSense, Meditech, Cedar sinai Accelerator, TalkDesk and Dr. First, who are our Newsday show sponsors for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. All right, it's Newsday and we have a lot to talk about today. We're gonna talk about a little M&A stuff. We're going to talk Walmart United Health Group. A trillion Health is looking to replace the subjective best hospitals in the country stuff. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about it with Patty Hayward, the vice president of strategy for TalkDesk. Patty, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Bells. How are you? It's always great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That is still your title, right? It sure is. For those who don't know what TalkDesk is, just give the two-minute Update yeah. on what Talkdesk does.
1: Yeah, so Talkdesk is a CCAS solution, which is your contact center, but we've also added on top of that a entire purpose built product for healthcare that really helped to integrate into your EHRs and that patient experience and also the agent experience.
0: Wow, that was that was like the most crisp pitch I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, you guys, you guys get awards for being. That platform that handles that experience level and contact center, and definitely something to look at, unless you're just hell-bent on spending a ton of money, in which case there's other alternatives. Exactly. (laughs) If you want to go in that direction. I'm sorry. I'm sure I just offended some somebody out there, but everyone out there in healthcare who has done this knows exactly who I'm talking about. So anyway, (laughs) let's see. Where do I want to start? Let's start with the modern healthcare story. Who could be the next digital health M&A target. So there's been a lot of stuff that's going on recently. You have Amazon, One Medical. You have CVS and Signify Health. And these are not small deals. These are eight $8 billion for Signify Health, $4 billion for One Medical. And we're seeing these roll-ups. And uh, it's interesting because you have modern healthcare goes out and interviews all these people. And the thing that struck me on the people they've interviewed is they all make money from these kinds of transactions. So they're like, yeah, this is indicative of this is going to continue. It's going to continue and grow. So neither of us are going to make a ton of money from the next major M&A activity. Do you think this is indicative of what we're going to see coming down the pike in the next year? I I do.
1: I do. I absolutely do. And I think if you look at not only just these last couple of acquisitions, but you look at the trends in sort of less money being spent out there and invested from the private sector. So I think that you're gonna start to see a lot of, I mean, first of all, healthcare takes a long time to adopt new things. We all know that. So in order to really get through that cycle of adoption and looking at how we're gonna change things, which by the way, I do believe we are changing and evolving. It just goes at the healthcare speed. And unfortunately that doesn't always trend with wall street's speed (laughs) to return so you need to have that backing and that larger conglomerate i think in order to really make some meaningful change so i think you're seeing like amazon and you're seeing cbs really trying to look at how they can evolve the market and get ahead but they also have the assets to back up and to wait and have that time to make it happen
0: yep I agree. I mean, here's a quote here. We've seen a lot of IPOs in the healthcare space. Matt Wolf, director of senior healthcare analysts at a consulting firm, RSM. Many of these companies are viable. They might need to just be folded into a strategic buyer to be more economically viable or taken private. It's interesting that they talk about economically viable. Uh, Let's see. Signify Health posted a $490 million net loss in Q2 and i don't know if this article has the numbers but one medical was not, <laughs> was not much better but whatever it was I've, i but i remember it being a significant net loss the question in my mind is are these companies viable i don't think they were built to be viable to be honest with you i think they were built to do exactly what's happening right now which is to aggregate something essentially they're the r&d departments for cvs for United Healthcare for Amazon, for Walmart, for anybody who's in this market, the big players acquiring even, even Best Buy. We saw Best Buy buy some. We've seen, I mean, there's a lot of different players out there. There's private equity in this space. And they're looking at it going, can we piece something together? But it's based on a a concept. And the concept is that the way we acquire healthcare is fundamentally changing. That's, a, that's the fundamental principle that, that one group believes and another group doesn't believe. So the one group believes that how, I, how you and I receive care, maybe not acute care, but how we enter into the healthcare system is going to fundamentally change. And another group is saying, nah, I don't think it's going to change. Or they're saying it changes so slowly.
1: Yeah, we're that, not going
0: to worry. Yeah, well, I'm not going to worry about it. We, we have some time. Yeah. And, um I don't know. These are, these are really big bets, 8 billion, 4 billion. These are organizations that are saying, yeah, the consumer is going to get savvier. They're going to get more information. We're going to create a different experience, a different on-ramp, if you will, a more educated on-ramp into the system, maybe a path where we can direct their care and identify the, the best outcomes for the lowest costs. Cause essentially the, Healthcare consumer is completely disempowered. We have, I mean, we don't know what the costs are. We don't know what it's going to, I mean, we literally don't know what it's going to cost us. And then when we ask the physician, they just look at us like, I I don't know. know." (laughs) my job. And so these companies were sort of rolling, they're, they're rolling different things up, maybe going after the Medicare Advantage space, maybe going after the primary care space, maybe going after the home market. And all of it, it's the same concept, which is, How we acquire services is going to fundamentally change. And it doesn't matter if they're making money or losing money, but now they're losing money in a very difficult market. And I think their investors came to them and said, hey, look, if you can find, it's now time to make this move. So they, they put out there, let's see, one, two, three, about five companies that this group of people, again, mostly investors legal, whatnot, who follow this market, they said, hey, there's five you should keep an eye on. Teladoc, Amwell, Oscar Health, Babylon Health, and Sharecare are the five. I don't know. I mean, when you look at these, when you look at these five, are there others that pop into your head or any of these five sort of pop off the page and you go, yeah, that that would make sense for somebody?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that if you look at let's see, what's the one that's already working with CVS is, is Amwell, right? Usually when they're already starting to sort of be incorporated and working, there's obviously large bets there that are already being placed. So, you know, that, it, 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 that's the testing of the water to see if it's, it's part of something that they can and should fold into a larger piece. Teladoc, We've been sort of seeing them boom and bust a little bit over the pandemic.
0: A a, a little bit, $300 a share down to $32 (laughs) a share, not not a great, not a great investment.
1: Not a great investment if you bought at 300, obviously. I think that when you looked at what happened in the pandemic, we had such a boom there and to base your entire business model around something that happened during an anomaly is going to be fundamentally flawed going forward. Uh, there's still a lot of need, obviously, for telemedicine. I think the platform's a good platform. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with it and how that moves forward because there's so many other players in this space. That's the one I, I sort of question. I don't know what'll happen with that.
0: As I look at these things, I don't like the technology. Teledoc technology play, I don't think is all that strong of a play because as a CIO, you could break apart these components, you could put them back together and do telehealth any number of 50 different ways. And we saw that during the pandemic. People were creative and put them together. So, so that platform. Now they did acquire Lavongo. That's a that's a different play altogether. I'd have to think about that. But I think what people are looking for is when you look at the Amazon one medical acquisition, they went from having a model in Amazon care that they couldn't scale to yep. you know what let's just acquire scale
1: correct that made sense
0: yeah it made sense and it wasn't around the technology because amazon care had put together some decent technology and the experience was pretty good from what i've heard but they just they couldn't figure out how to get from point a to point b well how you scale very rapidly is you spend four billion dollars yep. and you get to scale so the, the teledoc Uh, And by the way, TeleDoc is stating they have no intentions to sell the company, which I think is what every company says. But (laughs) I think that that might be true in this case. I think they do see a play somewhere. So anyway, I think organizations that have scaled, they either scaled a patient community around Medicare Advantage, around different payment models and that kind of stuff, or they've scaled providers, right? So Optum is buying up providers all over the place if you've done a private equity where you scaled up providers or a certain capability i think that bodes well teledoc not excited about amwell i don't think makes a lot of sense either for that same reason i mean it's a telehealth platform cvs is using them and quite frankly it's cheaper than buying them so i I, i'm a little i'm not so bullish on that Uh, oscar is an interesting one though and oscar might not be one where you, you sell off the whole thing. It might be something where you split it up and mm-hmm. sell it to healthcare providers because healthcare providers are f- trying to figure out how to get into that space, how to be a payer provider in that whole insure tech kind of space. They're not good at the experience. They're not good at the insurance part. Potentially, there's a a play here where you, you break it up and sell it to five major health systems or some of that effect. I don't know if that if that works. And somebody who's listening to this who's smarter than me can send me a note and. Tell <laughs> I me, mean, tell me, I'm nuts on that, but that's one of the ways I would look at that. And I don't even know if it's if it's already pu- is it public? Yes. Yeah, and the price probably. price fell by more than eighty percent year <laughs> over year. And I think these companies that are losing money, I think they're running out of options. I think they do have to find a safe harbor. Babylon Health, I have to be honest with you, I'm not overly familiar with AI enabled virtual diagnosis and medical appointments. Said they were courting buyers but then they put out a press release said they weren't looking for buyers. I'd have to look at that more closely. If they've, again, if they've aggregated the delivery of care or if they've aggregated the patients in any way, I think there's value. And then the last one, Sharecare, consumer facing digital health platform company has struggled to appease Wall Street since it went public with many established companies investing in patient solutions. Experts say Sharecare's platform could offer intriguing integrations with potential. Again, I don't think the technology play Makes sense because
1: yeah. quite yeah.
0: frankly, well, some
1: of these companies already have great tech platforms. So I don't yeah. know if they're going to grab something new unless it incorporates something really unique and different that can open a space they don't currently have or expand exponentially, right. like we saw with One Medical and Signify.
0: It's a lot cheaper to just hire some really great technologists and say, Hey, we want something that looks like ShareCare.
1: Yeah. And, it.
0: and, and yeah, build it and go do that. What you want to buy, though, is the scale. If Sharecare had, like, aggregated a million patients or a couple hundred thousand doctors or something to that effect, now you're looking at something going, yeah, yeah. that's going to take six or seven years to to do. Let's go ahead and jump on that.
1: I don't know, Chris, that you think should be?
0: I think there's going to be, the only one from a technology standpoint, I think there's, going to, there's an opportunity for a roll-up is in the security space. I think there are so many small security providers that it would make sense to come together and provide a, a holistic platform and preferably around a managed service provider in the security space. I think that's, that's one that makes sense. I don't know. The thing in the technology space you always have to be weary of, and I already hit on Epic once this week, I'm gonna hit on them again here, you got to worry that Epic's just going to all of a sudden turn the corner and say I want that market and they're just going to yeah. wipe out if, as a startup or that kind of stuff. So you, I I steer clear of those kinds of plays that you can see a path from where we're at today to where we're at in the future where Epic goes, yeah, for all of our customers, we want you to go in this direction. They have a lot of sway over their clients. Thank you um, yeah, so that's that would be my concern. All right, where do you want to go next? Walmart teams with the United Health Group. This is one yeah. of the major players. Actually, there's two of the major players coming together. So,
1: yeah, I was going to say this is not just one. This is this is I love this combination. I think it's a really intriguing one based on a couple things. You think about the reach that Walmart has into especially the rural areas. I mean, there's WalMarts all over the country, and the ability to Co brand Medicare Advantage plans, I find really intriguing. I think combining your traditional healthcare clinic with food, with the drugs, with dentistry, vision. I mean, imagine being able to provide all of that in some sort of a packaged way that allows people to stay healthier. I find really intriguing because I've been waiting for someone to sort of bring in the whole health aspect to this because of just imagine a newly diagnosed diabetic who doesn't know how to shop for food and being able to sort of package all of that together. I find really intriguing. I think you can add some really great value there as well as some great savings and just health.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so what are they they doing here? So they're doing a deal with Optum to get analytics at the clinic. Beginning January, 2023, the collaboration will also include co-branded Medicare Advantage plan in Georgia. United Healthcare Medicare Advantage Walmart Flex. Wow. <laughs> also, that month, Walmart Health Virtual Care will be in network for commercial members in United Healthcare's Choice Plus PPO plan, giving consumers another option to access care. And eventually, the collaboration aims to serve even more people, including those across commercial and Medicaid plans, by providing access to fresh food and enhancing current initiatives to address social determinants of health, over-the-counter and prescription medications, and dental and vision services. This is, let's see, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan said in a statement, this collaboration puts the patient at the center of healthcare by leveraging the strength and complementary skill sets of two companies to accelerate access to quality care. And Walmart Health has 27 locations, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Illinois offering primary and urgent care labs, x-rays, diagnosis, behavioral health, dental optometry, and hearing services. It's important to note, a lot of people, when I say Walmart Health, they're like, oh, you mean that little thing when you walk in the front door? And that's not what we're talking about. In 27 of their locations, actually, not all 27 of those locations, but in a lot of those locations, they've cleared out parts of their parking lot, and they've put a full-blown clinical office building there, which has the ability to do primary care, urgent care, imaging, diagnostic. And I guess across the street, you have a pharmacy. I mean, right. it's it's a pretty neat one-stop shop for the markets that they're serving. I'm gonna make it a point, I'm going up to Orlando in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna make it to a point to swing by one of these and take a look.
1: I think it's fascinating. I, I really think that they're, Walmart's really trying to pull all the social determinants of health together. and and look at how can they really impact the communities in which they serve. And I think I think they really have an opportunity to make a big difference in those communities.
0: I want to take a moment and share our next two webinars. On, on September 29th, we are bringing you Patient Room Next, Improving Care Efficiency. The patient room is evolving inside and outside of the four walls with guests from Intermountain Healthcare, Monument Health, and HCA Healthcare. We will discuss machine vision, ambient listening, AI, care companions, and much more. So you want to check that out September 29th. You can find that on our website, thisweekhealth.com in the top right-hand corner. Next, we have delivering better patient experiences with modern digital infrastructure. On October 13th, we will discuss multi-cloud, three pillars to modernize health IT, and a blueprint for creating an agile digital infrastructure without impacting the quality of care. These webinars, Both have five episodes that precede them, and you can view them before the webinar to learn more and to formulate your questions. When you register, you can put your questions right in there. We'd love to hear them. And you can uh, register for both webinars, as I said earlier, at thisweekhealth.com. Top right hand corner, you'll see our upcoming webinars. Click on those and sign up. Love to see you there. Well, we're seeing a lot of health systems, especially in rural locations, struggling right now. We're seeing their budgets are tight and we're seeing some cuts that are how do i say this beyond what is normally considered a normal cut so you're seeing positions get cut that you sort of scratch your head and go wow that's out. that's to the, <laughs> that's to the bone i mean when you're cutting that position that's that's pretty far walmart traditionally has figured out how to scale in these rural locations incredibly well do you think they will be able to scale healthcare into those rural locations and provide the care that's gonna be necessary in those spots.
1: I think it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. It's a, As we all know, it's a lot of expense and they've all done a great job. Walmart's always typically done a great job at the cost and the buy side of things so that they can offer the prices that they need to offer in these rural communities. You obviously have a much more difficult time to do that, But can they do things like offer those, but then combine with telehealth to maybe offer some things more remotely, but have the phlebotomist there to pull the the labs and to do some of those different things. It'll be interesting to see how they pull it all together, but there's definitely issues in those communities with access to health. And again, I, I go back to loving the fact that they're also looking at the whole piece and not just the care delivery, but also all the things that impact care in between visit health with healthy foods and just different access like that. Not everybody has that access.
0: All right, Patty, but this is cynical bill. Cynical bills is coming. I, I just want to make sure, I mean, I see, I see providing access to fresh food and enhancing current initiatives to address social terms of health. I just want to make sure that it's not just press release material. In theory, Walmart's already in that community. They're already offering <laughs> access to fresh food. The question becomes how does a partnership with United Healthcare and Walmart go beyond we have a store here that has fresh produce and and quality items. It'll be interesting to see if if i don't know if if some sort of program is put together that that knits this all together, and I would like to see it knitted with technology as well, really understanding the demographics that they're serving and maybe personalizing solutions to different parts yep. of that demographic.
1: Maybe adding some gamification in there, different ways that they can get people to sort of think about the things that they need to do in a different way.
0: Yeah. I, so I've always been bullish on gamification because I, I, I love games. I'm a little competitive and uh, even right now, I mean, between my family. So my, my yeah. son, my daughter and myself all have a weight loss thing going on between us because when we do it on our own, we don't seem to get to where we want to get to. And, and so we each threw a little bit of money in because my I have all adult kids. We each threw a little bit of money in. we're all doing this thing. And then we're tracking it and we can see how each other's doing and that kind of stuff. This whole gamification thing. Have we seen any companies really come forward on gamification yet and really move the needle?
1: See a few, like, okay, Apple Watch, right? You can compete. Right. I compete with my son multiple times. I always lose because he lives in San Francisco and walks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I work at my house.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. For you to do that, you'd have to walk between the kitchen and your office at least a thousand times. It's just not worth it.
1: Knob hill down into the financial district and back, and he's already beating me. But, you know, there's definitely some things out there. I think there needs to be more. I think I was actually just reading an article about that over the weekend about the gamification and ways to kind of get yourself to do more activity is and a lot of it was around competing and setting goals and trying to beat different things. But the ultimate piece was visibility to someone who you're competing with so that you had this accountability. So. If someone can kind of pull some of those things together, I think it's interesting to look at see what Kroger's doing around scoring the baskets and different things like that around food. Be interesting to see if they could kind of, Walmart decides to roll all of that up with the partnership. They haven't announced that, obviously. It's all in my head. <laughs> all right.
0: All right. Here's our, here's our last story. Our last story is Trillion Health. And we've talked about some of the material that they've released before. It's really interesting stuff. Trillion Health, and they're like a data aggregation and analytics company, unveils evidence-based hospital comparison apps. So let me give you a little bit of this. These top hospital lists are often based on subjective measures. As a remedy, the analytics and market research firm developed benchmarking tools based on quantifiable data points most relevant to hospitals. Following up on, well, they followed up on some stuff they did. Trilliant said they're going to be looking at 2,000 acute care hospitals. And they're gonna be looking at claims of over 320 million Americans. That's just about all of them. I mean, I think the population is 330. So 320 million with claims, that's uh, data sources such as CMS and other things. So what are they looking to do? The 800 plus top 100 hospital lists may be useful for marketing campaigns, but they're useless for developing evidence-based strategies. Trillion Health CEO, Hal Andrews said in a statement. That's interesting. Evidence-based strategies depend on accurate benchmarks against relevant peers. The healthcare industry is both capital intensive and capital constrained and applying mathematical rigor to benchmarking and strategic planning reduces the risk of suboptimal capital allocation for healthcare providers, suppliers, and payers. The company has published a free public version of the benchmarking visualizer app online that allows users to select a hospital and review 10 most similar organizations in regard to care quality alone and as an aggregate measure. Meanwhile, customers will be able to dig deeper into the tool and customize their comparisons around specific measures. For instance, patient mix or market share, Trillion Health's chief research officer said. All right, so... I would them yeah.
1: It's pretty fun.
0: (laughs) It's pretty interesting. And by the way, this article's in Fierce Healthcare. It's called Trillion Health Unveils Evidence-Based... Hospital comparison app. I've often thought some of these lists are kind of silly. You see the top 10, top 50, and then I'd pick up a magazine on an airplane and it'll say the top 10 surgeons. And I'm like, I, I, and anytime, <laughs>
1: anytime I
0: see that, I just sort of go, all right. right.
1: And, How much do they pay to get in that? <laughs> yeah,
0: and the reality is on U.S. News & World Report, when you get into that or some of these others, they essentially then go to each health system and say, would you like to utilize our, our emblem that we've made? And then they make um, a mint on, on marketing. The fact that they've come up with this top 100 list and it's prestigious to be on that top 100 list and people don't recognize it before what it is. It's a marketing <laughs> thing. So when somebody tells me, Hey, we we're, we're in the top 10 cardiac centers in the country. There's, there's. There's validity to it. I'm not saying there's not validity to it. I'm just saying it was done by a really smart group of people who said, How can we make money from healthcare in marketing? And they came up with this thing. And now you're you're helping them because you put it on every billboard across the country. So (laughs) now we think that being the top 10, top 50 by ranking of X means something. I like this database.
1: I love being able to actually dig into the data, which I actually spent some time before we spoke to just. Oh, what'd you find? Of data. I love data. So I was like, let me see what these are actually looking at. And it, it, it tells you every little piece of information and where they got it from, which I value because you can do anything you want with data. So I found it really, really interesting to see sort of how some of these folks Rank and stack against each other, and if you look at like what Johns Hopkins and sort of looking at Vanderbilt and some of the other folks that are that don't pop up almost the there that are similars, it was one of those moments where you went, well, of course. I've been I've worked with a lot of those organizations, and and they think about things very similarly. They're obviously looked at differently depending on the specialties that they're talking to, etc. But I felt like it was really cool to be able to, as a consumer, look at something in my area because not everybody's gonna fly to Minnesota to go to the Mayo Clinic. Can, what's similar to that in my area? And it allows you to sort of look at the data and say, okay, these are the ones that are most similar in your area and here's how they rank and stack against the best of the best. I loved that. I thought that was really great. And it gives you the data behind it to, to sort of look at the patient satisfaction scores, what the, there's a lot of different data that they look at in here and benchmark. And so you as an organization can also go in and look at things like readmissions and emergency department readmissions, as well as in, they break it up. Emergency yeah. inpatient versus outpatient mortality. It, it, it was great. I love
0: Oh my gosh. This is, yeah, this is a data nerd's dream. This is- exactly.
1: That was totally geeking out
0: on it. Um yeah, so I just
1: thought it was great that they were able to put something really cool together to to look at rankings of hospitals.
0: And they have a neat little visualizer down at the bottom.
1: Exactly. You can see how it goes. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: uh, Um emergency department readmissions, inpatient readmissions, observation readmissions. Expiration discharge, mortality.
1: Wow. And then they explain what they are too, right? So if you scroll down, they even tell you exactly what it means, where they got it from. Yeah. So anyway. I, I love I loved all the accountability, transparency of the data so that you could look at it and go, okay, well, this makes sense to me. I understand where it came from. So good for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is they've essentially a- exposed their back end. Yeah for people to dig around and, and look at it. Very interesting tool.
1: Think it'll, think it'll have much impact though?
0: Do I think it'll have much impact?
1: It's it go after that U.S. News World Report
0: list. I, you know, purposefully didn't say their name, but since you said it, no, I don't think it'll have much impact. <laughs> reason I, the reason I say that is I've worked with enough marketing for, uh, marketing teams within hospitals and health systems they get their budget in the beginning of the year and go, we've got to do these 10 things. Oh, there's no money left, we're done. Instead of sitting back and going, I mean, the, the concept of having metrics around marketing, I'm not talking about firms like yours or partners. I'm talking about actual health systems. The number of health system marketing firms or marketing departments that actually say, what are our objectives? What are our strategies? And then identify the tactics, identify the measures, and then invest around those measures and those tactics is very low.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, well, we have to have a website. We have to sponsor the baseball team. We have to, we have to be in the community. We're going to sponsor the 10 K again. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And they, in fairness to some of them, they're just underfunded and they don't have enough, well, that's what I
1: was going to say, you don't have these huge marketing arms like you have in, in a high-tech firm or whatever. They're going, they're not going to spend the time to do a lot of these things. Although I think it's a phenomenal tool.
0: Yeah, so Trillion Health, take a look <laughs> at it. It's it's definitely it's definitely worth looking at. I, I yeah. think there is this is probably one of their first applications for it. This is not the last we've heard of Trillion Health. I think we're gonna see them do do quite well. I mean, they've aggregated 320 million Americans <laughs> claims records. So that, that-
1: there's gonna be some great use for the database that they've pulled together. It's it's I mean, just in the quick 10 minutes I took to play with it, I could have spent hours.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Patty, it is always great to catch up with you and thank you for coming on and talking about the news.
1: Thanks, Phil. Great to be here.
0: What a great discussion. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel from these kinds of discussions, please forward them a note, perhaps your team, your staff. I know if I were a CIO today, I would have every one of my team members listening to a show just like this one. It's conference level value every week. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com. They can also subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast. You get the picture. We are everywhere. Go ahead subscribe today. We want to thank our Newsday sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Those are CrowdStrike, Proofpoint, ClearSense, Meditech, Cedar sinai Accelerator, TalkDesk, and Dr. First. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.